Welcome to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Now your hosts, doctor and pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar, and co-host Johnny D. Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome to another live edition of the What Is Truth radio show. We're live in studio. We just, we don't have any script except the scriptures. And we just kick these ideas back and forth from the word of God. Justin tapes what we do in one hour and then brings it to you on Sunday morning. And we hope it will be a blessing to all of you listeners. Thank you for joining us. We're with you every Sunday morning. 7 a.m. right here on this radio station. Uh, If you're free this morning, why don't you grab uh, something to drink, uh, tea, coffee, and get your Bible and sit down. And we're going through the story of the passion of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been in John chapter 18, 19, 20. And today we're going to run over to a passage in Luke because we're looking at the great resurrection of Jesus Christ when he conquered Sin. He conquered death. He conquered Satan. And he came forth and he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. Things that you can't gainsay or argue with. You should just nod the head, agree, and bow and receive him as your Lord. Uh, Pastor Michael Caesar here in the studio with our panel of truth. We have Teresa DiPietro with us. Good morning. Good to have you. And uh, Mark Sassy, our researcher. He's got a a page full of notes that he's going to share with all of us, things that God has shown him in his reading time. And that's what we do here on What is Truth. We search the scriptures and we look for these great truths that God has given and we bring them to you for your consideration. And God once said to some folks in Israel, come now, let us reason together. And so this morning, be reasonable and consider these great teachings. We have Brother Mark Good morning. Take us along on the journey. Yeah, so <laughs> we we looked at, you know, the resurrection, and the resurrection is part of the gospel. You know, that Christ was, he died, and he was buried, and he rose yeah. again the third day, you know, from the grave. That would maybe separate our faith from probably any other. Any other, yeah. There's no other uh, leader of any other religion, like Joseph Smith of the Mormons, or Mohammed from the Muslims, or Confucius, or, or Buddha, Buddha, or no, any of no, them. Right. They never rose from the dead. There's no resurrection with them. There's only one man that rose from the yeah. dead, Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, so in Luke chapter 24, there's a story that we're coming to about uh, two men on the road to Emmaus. And maybe I should read a little before that just to get up to speed with it. Sure, because that 24th chapter is a high point in it the really whole gospel. Yeah. yeah, so here we are in Luke chapter 24, and the Bible says, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, Two men stood by them in shining garments, and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words, and returned from the sepulcher, and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. So I'll just pause there for a second. So the women 
heard from the angels, and they came and told the 11 apostles and all the rest. So that would be apostles and disciples, right? Yes. All, all but Judas, because Judas had committed suicide. That's why there yeah. wasn't 12. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then verse 10, it says, and it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words, this is curious in verse 11, and their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. So It's kind of the way I would think probably anybody mm -hmm. would respond to a report that a man died and three days later came back to life. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we've never seen any such a thing in, in our generation. Right. And, and not only that, going all the way back to since there's been photography and motion pictures and now cell phones capturing things, we have nobody taking a picture or a movie or a cell phone live right. video of someone uh, coming out of a grave. Right. So, and, and we've never heard of it in a history book. So it would seem like, yeah, I mean, it's been 4,000 years since Adam was in the garden and all of a sudden someone's coming and saying, Hey, this guy rose from the dead. That seems like yeah. an idle tale. Are you kidding me? And yeah. now isn't it convenient that we don't have, they didn't have cell phones or anything to record it because people can say, well, if I, I can't see it with my own eyes, and yeah. they use it as an excuse to not believe. Sure, sure. You know, I, I remember they don't want to believe in just the scriptures. I remember a movie once where a Jewish man was being asked about this whole thing. And he said, well, you remember back then they didn't have Polaroids, <laughs> so I don't believe it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, it says in verse 8 that they remembered his words. So they remember that Jesus had told them that he was going to rise on the third day. Yeah. But even though they remembered his words, it just seemed too, too But incredible. by verse 11, they yeah. believed them not. Yeah, they well, believed well, them well, not. Well, let's, let's take a look at us. Uh, now, I got saved later in life. 39. You were how old, brother? 33. 39. Sister. Okay, so mm -hmm. we're in our 30s. We got saved. Mm-hmm. Okay, but before we got saved, looking at all three of us, we probably heard somewhere yep. about, uh, I grew up Catholic, so we used to say this thing, I believe in God the Father and God the Son. The creed. This, yeah, the, the yeah. creed and all that stuff. And I could repeat it now. <laughs> and we heard those words yeah. that right. God the Son had rose from the dead, but we didn't think too much of it on a daily basis. We didn't give it much heed in our own life. Even if you memorize it, like you say, yeah. Yeah. you could memorize, it, memorize but it, it, not really grasp it, not really grab hold of what it's really, what it really means. No. Yeah. And then yeah. I knew a God existed, but if I dared put a pastor preaching on the radio by accident, I'd shut that thing off as fast as I could. Preaching from a Bible. I didn't want to hear it. Yeah. Right. Didn't want to yeah, hear it. Right. So amazing. They seem like idle words to us too. Like, like idle, idle words. words. Yeah. 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 Idle is like not important. It, right? it is it, interesting how you can look at the Bible and you say, you can kind of point the finger at some of these characters and say, well, what's the matter with them? And yet we would do and have done the same thing. <laughs> you can look at the miracle. We that was it. me. That, that was, was me. me. <laughs> yes. And, and, and so it says, then arose Peter and he ran unto the sepulcher and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. Yeah. He's wondering about yeah. it. Yeah. Hmm. What happened? I mean, uh, Peter was there the night of the trial. 
Peter knew he was there at the crucifixion, watched it from a distance. I don't know if he hung around when Nicodemus and Joseph took the body down and wrapped it. But one thing he knew is that's what they do with Jews that die. And Jesus was a Jew physically. Yes. You know, his body was Jewish. His soul was eternal. But anyway, so he's thinking, well, they must have wrapped him the way they wrap all the Jews. And I know what an intricate it's almost like mummification all wrapped up with the myrrh and it's sticky and everything. And yeah. what the heck, how, how is the clothes lying there all by themselves? And, and the body's not here who separated that he's, you know, trying to figure right. this out. Yeah. How, how can this be in the natural man? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Trying to, trying to reason through. Right. Yeah. And here's the beautiful thing. It doesn't end with the resurrection. So <laughs> yeah, carry so on into the, the verses. The more of the story, and starting in verse on. 13 is yeah. a new paragraph, and this is where it starts talking about Emmaus. Mm-hmm. And, and consider this like it's a journey, right? They're taking a journey. Yeah. And all of us, we take a journey through life. Yeah. And so just consider that as we're starting to read this. It says, the Bible says, verse 13, and behold, two of them, that would be two of the probably of either the apostles or the disciples, right? Sure. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score, three score furlongs. So I'll pause there for one second. A three score would be three times 20, which is 60, 60 furlongs. Yeah. And I've heard it said that that's about seven, seven miles, miles. Yeah. which would take walking about an hour and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes. we don't really relate to that because if I got to go seven miles, I'm hopping in the car. Uh, in I'll the be car. there in 10 minutes. Yep. Yeah. So it's not, not so even on we, my bike. Yeah. <laughs> but this is this is the way things were done. And so they're walking. Yes. Right. And the Bible says, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass. So they, they had been there. Yeah. During the prior week, which was a, a high feast for the nation of Israel. The Passover. These these men must have been good Jewish disciples because it, God called the Jewish men to come to the Passover. Yes. So they must have walked from Emmaus days before. They came expecting uh, the regular Passover, but something different happened on that Passover. Yes. A man hung on a cross. And now they're... they're this hadn't happened any other year in their life before that. <laughs> Every other Passover, they would sacrifice a lamb, and that was it. Now, all of a sudden, a man was sacrificed that day, and they're talking about all this stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're talking about these things that had happened. Yeah. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, so you see that they're reasoning about it, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he's. Yeah. Now just, you used the word in verse 15, they communed together. Yes. But in verse 14, you said they talked together and it's right. Isn't that what it yeah, says? They talked together. Then it together. changes so, to commune. And yes. So, so mm-hmm. what God is saying is I want to define the word communion as, as a spiritual it's thing, talking, talking. Amen. That's, that's real communion is communication, talking one to With another. With the Lord. Yeah. Makes Not, perfect yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah. Communicate, he, communion. Yeah, there yeah. it is. So so he's showing us a deeper meaning of the word. Amen. And then reasoning yeah. with one another. Okay, and good. Isaiah 118, come let us reason to that. Right? So they're, they're communing mm-hmm. and they're talking and reasoning all about the events that happened around the holy day in Jerusalem. Yes. Uh, a high holy day that God had established and that God's son had come and done something on. Okay. Amen. I like that. Amen. That's communion. Yep. <laughs> that is. And, and it's interesting that when Jesus drew near to them, their eyes were holding that they should not know him. 
that's done on purpose. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Done on purpose because he's about to talk with them, but not reveal himself immediately. He reveals himself at the right time in the right way, as we'll see. And he knew they were talking about him. I would assume, I believe, that if they were talking about um, the latest fashion and what people were wearing at <laughs> the Passover, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the latest, greatest sandals, I don't think he would have drawn near. Right. You know, it's like us. When we're talking about his word, I, th- I believe he draws near. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. when we're reading the scriptures, he draws near. Amen. It's just a wonderful thing. Amen. And so here's the story. And it's a true story, right? Yes. Verse 17, and he said unto them, the first thing he says is a question. It says, <laughs> what manner of communi- what I'm sorry, what manner of communications are these that you have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And the one of them whose name was Cleopas answering said unto him, art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem <laughs> and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, what things? And they said unto him, well, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Interesting. And uh, yeah. I'll go one more verse. He says, yeah. they say, yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. I guess I got to keep going. Yeah. And, right. when they, and when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and certain others and that s- were with us yeah, went and, to the sepulcher. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the wom- women had said, but him they saw not. And so, so that's the answer to Jesus's question. What yeah. manner of communication, what are you guys talking about? And they just laid it out from verses 19 through 24. We're talking about Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah. And they're surprised that the stranger is not aware of what was going on in Jerusalem. How, back, how can you not know? In verse 21, I mean, they're looking for the glory and instead of the suffering Messiah. You exactly. Know, and, you know, should have redeemed Israel. And today's the third day. And they're already, get that, they're already walking back. They heard of all the things that are supposed to happen. They heard he was supposed to rise from the dead. They yep. heard that and they're already giving up. And because he says, it says they're sad yeah. and they're walking away from Jerusalem. They're done. They're walking away, going back home. Yeah, that's curious because some of the women came to them, right? Yes. And others came to them. The women and, came and they told them. And the women even had the, uh, they, they mentioned that the angels, they, that there was a vision of angels that had said that he was alive. And, and even between the angels and the women and all that, and the empty tomb. Yeah. They didn't believe in the resurrection. So let's you and me, Mark. Well, I'll <laughs> you be Cleopas. Okay. I'll be the other guy. Okay. Cleopas, now I'm the other guy. You think we should really walk home with everything we just heard? I know, uh, should we stick around another day and find out what's going on? Well, you know, we expected that he was going to redeem Israel. Like he was going to be the king. Yeah. And now he's dead. We saw him die on the cross. Yeah, we saw that, but now they're telling us he rose from the dead. Do you yeah. think he's you think he's gonna come back and do something miraculous? I but, mean he did miracles when he was here. Should we hang around? But if we reason this out between ourselves, I mean nobody's ever done that before. It's hey, never you, happened. You're right about that. And and 
you're right. I got to get to work tomorrow. My boss will be mad <laughs> if I miss another day. Okay, I guess we'll just go home. What do you just say? Go home. And on the way, there's a, there's a not, subway. We can stop and yeah. get something to eat. Okay. Let's go home. There's well, nothing to see here. Let's yeah. go home. Well, when you say nothing to see. Yeah, they needed 20, to physically see. Right. Verse 21 says that they were expecting him to redeem Israel, to mm-hmm. be the king of Israel. Right? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so they weren't looking for the resurrection on their own. They weren't anticipating the resurrection, right? Right. They were surprised by the resurrection. And some people actually claim that these disciples, that they they made up a story about a false resurrection. They didn't make up any story about a false resurrection. They didn't even believe it themselves, okay? They were not looking for a resurrection or anticipating. They were looking for uh, a king to come and redeem the nation. Uh So they're looking for a kingdom above all. Yeah. And they're missing the fact that the Lord came to do a greater work, which was a spiritual work of conquering sin and death. But they were looking to conquer whoever was sitting on the throne in Rome so they could have their kingdom back. And so So they set their goal a little, their eyes were, they set their goal downwards rather than upwards. Yes. And it's interesting that as Jesus draws near to them and asks questions of them to Find out what's really, I mean, he can look right into the heart, sure. right? Yes. But when, when questions are asked of people, they reveal what's in their heart by their answers. Yes. And he's drawing things out of them and they're explaining what they were expecting. Yes. Right? And it, they're kind of convicting themselves. They're not telling him what the Lord would want them to know because look what he calls them and. Yeah, but, well, 25, but, but I wanna, I'm gonna, we need to go back. Go ahead. You're, you're right. You're right. But I want to go, I just step aside for one second. Okay. What manner of communication are these things that you're having one to another, says Jesus in verse 17. Yeah. And uh, verse 18, 19, and 20 could be, well, didn't you see, uh, this was March Madness. There was a great game that went on. Did you hear about that? When the guy tipped the ball and then it was knocked out of bounds and with two seconds to go, they did an inbound pass and he scored. I mean, they weren't talking about that. They were talking about things that are eternally important. They're talking about God. They're talking about God's son. And they're talking about some of the promises in the Bible. They're just not having a full understanding but at least they're discussing the right topic that Jesus can relate to them with. Oh, you mean it's in their head, but not their heart? Kind Perhaps, of. but at least they're discussing it. You want to try? Let, why don't we pull two people aside later yeah. today and ask them what I, they're talking about? Yeah. Let's ask two people who are real sad today. And what are you sad about? Did you hear the Bills blew that game? Did you hear we didn't get that trade? Did you hear they're going to draft? Did you? Did you hear that Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets? I mean, <laughs> oh, no. What might make them sad? Right, Tucker Carlson's right. not yeah. on Fox anymore. And we see this because we, <laughs> yeah, we live in Buffalo, and there, there's a, another thing, yeah, yeah, nationwide. Yeah. And they're talking about Jesus of Nazareth which they say in verse 19, which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. Now, I think they knew him as more than a prophet, right? They had spent time with him and they knew that he was the Messiah. These two specifically. Uh, I mean, the one is not even named. We got Cleopas and another. Well, some think it was his wife because they went together. Okay. Right. And then they were going home. Could could be. Could be, but... It doesn't say anywhere. The, the thing that's interesting, though, is getting back. They are talking about Christ. Yes. They did think he is the Messiah. Yeah. So what we're learning is they have a partial understanding, but not the what God would call the key 
to salvation. At this moment, they didn't have the key to salvation. Christ is going to give it to them in a little bit. Yes. And I, I like that you're mentioning the key because like if you lose the keys to your car yeah. and you're in a hurry and you got to go, that's like the worst possible thing. I mean, what's worse <laughs> than rummaging around and looking for your keys? You're not going to go anywhere unless you have the key. And the key in this story is the scriptures. Yes. That's the key. Absolutely. Because he uses the scriptures mm-hmm. to open their eyes, Amen. as yes. we're going to see. And it's the same thing that holds true in the year 2023. That's right. The Lord uses the scriptures, the sure script, the sure writing of God to open our eyes because there are things that we are, it's like right in front of us and we don't see it. Right. We kind of know it, but we don't fully grasp it. Even Jesus is using the scriptures here and not some extraordinary experience that gets them saved. It's the scriptures. He, first of all, he doesn't reveal himself. It says that their eyes were holding that they should not know him. So he's not revealing himself yet. Mm -hmm, Right. And like you said, he's not giving them a vision. Mm -hmm. He's not taking them on a spiritual higher plane or something. You know, he's... He's using the scriptures because it's the scriptures that are required. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yes. But that's not the only verse on that. There's there's other verses throughout the Bible that show that it's the words that I speak unto you. They are spirit and they are life. John 6, 63. So that's what's required in order to have spiritual life. And so listener, if you're thinking about this, consider that the key for spiritual life Everybody talks about eternal life, but it's hard to wrap your mind around eternal life. Well, the key for that eternal life is the scriptures. It's the Bible. Yes. Yeah. It's contained in the scriptures. Yeah. And Jesus is showing them here, but he's also showing us here. So should we move on? Yes. Sure. Let's see what he did. How did he uh, explain it to them so they don't understand? It's a funny thing. It just happened to me. I was at the doctor's office yesterday. And uh, I was wearing the shirt that we wear on the streets. On the front, it says, Jesus saves sinners. And on the back, it says, Christ died for our sins. And I was standing there waiting to pay uh, the doctor bill. And there was a man in front of me about my age, maybe a little younger. And he turned around and he said, I thought he saved everybody. And uh, uh, Jesus. And I said, well, he's willing to save everybody, but he saves sinners. No, he saves everybody. I said, well, yeah, but I took me to the age of 39 to realize I was a sinner. So here was someone that had some understanding that Christ is the Messiah, Christ is the Savior, but he doesn't know him personally like these two here. And Jesus is going to give them the key to that. So let's let's follow how he does that. Amen. So that's a good tie-in to modern day. Yeah. Yeah. And so in verse 25, then he, that would be Jesus, then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all all that the prophets had spoken. Yes. Yeah. He says, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? (laughs) And maybe I should pause there for a second. Because he says, slow of heart to what? To believe. To believe. Yeah. These things are written that you might believe, right? They believed part of it. Part of it. I mean, part of it did say that there was a time God promised Jeremiah He promised Daniel. He made promises to some of the prophets. I'm going to come back and I'm going to redeem Israel. I'm going to gather my people from the four corners of the earth and bring them together and set up their kingdom. And they were looking for that, but they were missing 
the sufferings Bingo. of Christ and why he was going to suffer. Yes. Right. And, and he says it in this fashion. He says, ought not Christ to have suffered these things, right? And to enter into his glory. And you see some of that. I, got, I better take a walk back into Isaiah chapter, say, 53. Ex- right? Excellent. Excellent. Now you'll find stuff like this in uh, Psalm 22 yes. and some other places. But when Christ says here, ought not Christ to have suffered these things? I mean, consider in Isaiah chapter 53, this should have been familiar to them as Jews. It says in verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Yeah. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, right? Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. This is speaking of the Messiah in the Old Testament, yes. 700 years before Jesus was born. Yes, and, and he's, he's trying to show them Christ had to suffer for that purpose. The purpose is to carry our griefs to bear our iniquities and our transgressions. And that comes up in the last verse of Isaiah 53. At the end of the verse, it says, because he hath poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Yeah. So yeah, he did die on the cross for our sins, but part of the gospel is also the resurrection that he was buried and he died for our sins, according to the scriptures. And he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. <laughs> like Cleopas said, this is the third day since it happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then fast forward 750 years to Hebrews when Paul's speaking to the Hebrews. For it became him, it's um, 2 verse 10. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Amen. You know, so again, he, he had the to suffering. Suffer. He had to suffer. And, and so to make this make simple sense, there's prophecies about the Messiah that are the first coming of the Messiah yes. and prophecies about the second coming of the Messiah. And it's not hard to imagine that the Jews would just kind of focus on the second coming where he's going to be the king and he's going to rule and Israel's going to be, it's going to be good. They're going to be the king of nations and, sure. and God himself will be in charge. And sure. so that sounds all wonderful. It's 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 not surprising that they passed over the other prophecies about him having to suffer. Yeah, it, it had become down through the centuries, the Jewish rabbis started to think maybe there's two messiahs. Mm-hmm. And they taught Messiah ben Joseph, mm-hmm. that means Messiah the son of Joseph, and Messiah ben David, that's the Messiah the son of David. And of course, David was given the promise, you know, the Messiah that's going to come out of your loins is going to sit on the king and on the throne yes. forever and ever and rule. And and they were all excited about that Messiah. But <laughs> they thought there's this other Messiah like Joseph, the suffering one that's thrown in a pit and thrown into prison. And what they couldn't see is it's the two of them together. Amen. Yeah. Just two different comings. Yes. First coming and second coming. So they couldn't figure it out. Just get rid of Isaiah 53. <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> that, that, they, that goes on a lot today. Yeah, just yeah. don't even talk about it. <laughs> so I'll, I'll make this point before we go to break. The Lord here in this story on the road to Emmaus, by the way, Emmaus, Emmaus, this may be us, yeah. Emmaus. It's like a that. journey in life, <laughs> Very good. and it's kind of just like what we go through. It's yes. the same sort of thing. It yeah. really is. You know, we've heard it, but do we believe it? Do we fully understand it? 
And here you see that the Lord, he moves in to help them to understand and he help, moves in to help them believe. He gives them first visual proof of an empty tomb. Secondly, he gives them angelic testimony. And yeah. then third, he comes in, Jesus opens up the scriptures to them in multiple verses through this account. That's interesting. You mentioned those three things that you wrote down. There was the visual, the circumstantial evidence. Yes. There was the testimonial evidence of the angel. And the women. Yeah. But the greatest evidence is going to be the one he's going to bring, which is the scriptural evidence. Amen. That's going to be the greatest of all. And You're listening to what is truth. And uh, we're going to take a station break in a moment. If you want to catch some of our old programs, our sponsor is the Grace and Truth Church. Just go to the website, Grace and Truth Church. You got to spell that out long word, Grace, A-N-D, Truth Church. You got to put that word there, dot O-R-G. Hit the sermons tab, hit the YouTube tab or the sermon audio tab, and you can hear the old shows. Stick around. We'll be right back after a station break. What is truth? What is truth? Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome back to the What is Truth radio show. We've been working our way through Luke chapter 24 reading that interesting story of two men who are talking about what happened that week of the Passover when Jesus was on the cross and now Jesus comes and he kind of veils himself. They don't know it's Jesus and he asks some questions and he wants to teach them an important, not just lifelong, but eternal message. So we're working our way through there, brother. Yeah. Amen. So yeah, this is a story of a great journey that these two men are on, on the road to Emmaus, but it may be us in the fact that it's the same sort of thing that we go through. Sure. And we find, like we were talking about earlier, that the key is the scriptures. So in this section, we want to pay attention to when he's talking about the scriptures. And starting in verse 27, the Bible says, uh, I'll back up one. Jesus says, ought not Christ have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went. And he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it, and brake, and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven gathered together, and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. Wow. So a, verse 27, and, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, that must have been the greatest sermon never recorded. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. One day maybe he'll tell us what he said, right? <laughs> well, everything in the Bible, cover to cover, is really all about Jesus. Yes. Right? 
Yes. He says in John 5.39, I believe it is, search the scriptures, for in them you think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So we know what he said. It's in the scriptures. It's in the scriptures. Yes. And he's doing the same thing that you would see sometimes from the Apostle Paul, or many times I should say, where Paul would talk with people and remind them, hey, this scripture prophesied that this would happen. This scripture prophesied that this would happen. And all these things came to pass. Don't you see how this all points to Jesus? And I've heard, Pastor, you've said many times that it's kind of like a compass. And true north is pointing to Jesus. Amen. And that's the way the Bible is written, is to point you to Jesus. And you may think that you have a full understanding of who he is and, and what he requires for you to have eternal life. Because until you actually take time in the scriptures, you don't know the real answer to Correct. that. I didn't know the real answer to that. Yeah. I mean, I used to think for a big chunk of my life that, well, I guess I have to be good and I have to try to, you know, keep the commandments and I have to go to church and I have to, you know, not do terrible things. Right. And, you know, then there's sacraments and there's all these other layers of things. And, yes. and then you hope, right? Yeah. You hope that you have done well enough in order to live a good life so that someday when you die, you'll have eternal life. I just left a track out there that says religion says do, but Jesus says done. Amen. Just a small little track. Amen. Amen. Yeah. He was on the cross and he said, it is finished. It is finished. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, on that note, when you say Jesus says, done, you know, it's done, right? Yes. Yes. Like a good father that guides his family. Here we see Jesus, you know, he's guiding these two, right? And all of this is his work. So salvation is the work of Jesus. He did all the work on the cross. Yes. Even though like my personal story, I was telling you that I was trying to work and be good. The work is of Christ. Yes. Right? It's not our work. And you can, oh, carry on. Go ahead. I was just going to say that you. He, he actually, he's in control of everything. He's the one who saves. Mm -hmm. He's the one who sanctifies. He's the one who teaches us through the scriptures. He's the one who strengthens our faith. And he's the one who keeps believers in the faith. And so he's actually doing everything here, and he's just showing them slowly and asking them questions to draw out from them what they believe. Right. Right? Correct. But as we see in these last few verses, he anchors their faith to the scriptures, and he points them to the scriptures, right? And that spiritual bread is needed for spiritual life. I say that because back in John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 63, it says... That, uh, how does it say it? My words. Uh, yeah, that my words, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Yes. Yeah, thank you. I need a little Spiritual reminder. Spiritual bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And yeah. Jesus is God and he's giving us words, yeah, and of so, life. Yes. And so here on the road to Emmaus, we see verse 27 that Jesus expounded unto them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So he's using the scriptures to point them to him, right? And then in verse 30, he took bread. You know, I'm sure it was physical bread, but also spiritual bread, which is words. Yep. Spiritual bread is words from the Bible. And he blessed it and he break and he gave. And that's what God does. He gives. Yes. He freely gives. Yes, he does. Amen. Yeah. 
And you can tell they were starting to slowly grasp all this, especially since he expounded on the scriptures, because they were getting closer to their home as they drew nigh unto the village, and they didn't want him to go. They were so spurred on by the scriptures that they wanted to constrain him. And that's what we need to do is ask him to stay and teach us personally. Amen. You know, which is such a beautiful thing, you know, when you can open up the scriptures, Lord, give me understanding of what I just read in here. And he does. Amen. You well, know, you know, sometimes in, in the Gospel of John, <laughs> or early on in the Gospel of John, chapter three, the, so many portraits given of Jesus sure. in the Gospel of John, chapter three, the portrait is he is the divine teacher. Yes. And he sat with Nicodemus, a master of Israel, and he was teaching him a very important truth about Nicodemus. You must be born again. And it took Nicodemus a number of chapters, but Nicodemus became born Again, Amen. and and Jesus is a teacher, and here he's walking with these men. Verse twenty-seven. He's expounding things from the five books of Moses. He's expounding things out of the prophets Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, uh, Hosea, Jonah, all the things concerning himself. You know, and and they're it's exciting them. Yes, and, and he's getting. Oh, you oh, guys are home. Okay, you, you know, you go to your home. I'm going to keep going my way. No, no, come in. Teach us more. I mean, when when a good teacher teaches Bible to someone, folks like it. You want Amen. it to be longer yeah. than a twenty yeah. minute Amen. sermon. Amen. You want it to be longer yeah. than twenty five minutes. Twenty five minutes. Yeah. Or 25 right. minutes. <laughs> you could sit there listening uh, all day yeah. until Amen. you fall asleep and fall out a window, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it goes with both listening to a Bible teacher. And simply reading the Bible. I mean, I can think of different examples when I first got saved and I first, you know, uh, admitted that I'm a sinner before a holy God and asked Jesus to wash away my sins. When I got saved and I really started reading through the Bible, um, I, I just remember different little little tidbits. Like, for instance, when Moses in Exodus 3, he comes to this burning bush and he sees that this bush is burning, but it's not consumed. So he's curious about it. He has to come check it out. And the Lord said, I will teach thee. Yes. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. God's teaching him personally. Yeah. And then you find that in other parts of the Bible where God calls people personally and teaches them. He called Samuel in the beginning of the book of 1 Samuel. Yes. And and different and he doesn't just, it's not just teaching. He comes in and he comforts. He comes in and he explains and gives understanding. Yeah. He, he gives us all the different things that we need, but you have to spend some time in the book reading. And, and he says that he'll give a blessing. And, and I would encourage anybody hearing this that in Revelation 1, verse 3, uh, the Bible says, Blessed is he... I'm going to turn right here. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. So that verse, Revelation 1-3, I always say that to people when they say, have a blessed day, and I say, Revelation 1-3, and it always stops them. Yeah. And they say, excuse me? And I, and I quote that verse. I say, you need three things. You read, you hear, hear. Let, it, let it come in, yes. right? And yes. then you keep, you keep it in your heart. And you keep those things. You do those three things, and God promises that you will be blessed. And that's kind of what we're talking about here, because as you're reading, hearing, and keeping the words of this book, God will bless you by pointing you to Jesus. Yeah, And one one of the ways you keep it is the psalmist said, blessed is the man that doth meditate on his law, the Lord's law, day and night. And And you're keeping it in your heart, and you're meditating on it. 
and God begins to open up the scriptures. Amen. And you begin to understand them. Yeah. And you know, it's convicting, but it's also comforting. It's convicting because as you read the Bible, you start to realize, yeah, I'm not so good. I thought I was, but I'm really not. Not when I start comparing myself to this book. But, but at the same time, at the you same say time, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. <laughs> and, the time. And, and the goodness mm-hmm. of God leadeth men to repentance, yeah. right? And repentance is just simply turning to God, right? And I, I, I guess, what am I trying to say here? It's you're turning to God, repentance towards God, and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, yeah. right? And that's the only key, the scripture itself is the only key to have spiritual life. Absolutely. And you see in the story here that uh, he expounded the scriptures, so they started to understand a little more, right? Mm -hmm. Then he took bread, he blessed it and break and gave it to them. At that point, it says their eyes were opened and they knew him. Now, that's not just any old word that they knew him. That's right. They knew him. Yeah. I believe that they got saved at that point. Yes, right there, right? Their eyes yeah. were open. Well, well, again, there was times when it said they knew not the scriptures, yeah. but it just said, but they knew the scriptures. They knew he said he'd rise the third day, yeah. but they knew not. They didn't have it in their heart yet, yeah. but now it's in their heart. Yes. Now it's a personal knowledge. Yes. Yeah. And they even say in the verse 32, did not our heart burn within us That's while he verse. talked with us by the way? And while who? While he, he opened, opened to us the scripture. And he's willing to do that for each and every person. He's just waiting for you to open that book and start reading the old Bible, the old King yep. James Bible, yep. you know, these, unchanged. These words do spur us on. They really do. I I start to read these chapters and these verses and I bring myself like right into the midst of it, like walking on the road with them and like just thinking and thinking of the picture and trying not to trying to put aside the way the movies make it look. Do you know what I'm saying? And yes. try to put it the way he would want us to see it. But it's incredible. The scriptures are incredible. Well, look and what happened. And like you said, verse 32, did not our heart burn? burn. It was warmed. I mean, just, wow, this is great. I got to And what did they do? Verse 33, they rose up the same hour and they ran and they said, verse 34, the Lord is risen indeed. I mean, it just made them want to testify. Amen. That's Amen. I mean, I'm trying to remember if it was Isaiah who said that he, no, Jeremiah, he ate the roll, right? Yeah. And it was sweet, but it was also, it was bitter. So mm. there, there's sweetness in the Bible. There's comforting things, yes. but there's also bitter things that are uh, convicting that show us kind of how we me, are ourselves. Towards you, yeah. yes, correct. And, and we realize that we're, correct. you know, that we are sinners, yeah, and mm. that we do fall short. And this whole this whole passage here is just about understanding what's in the Scripture, what's it saying about Jesus, and then recognizing Him for who He is, and then giving witness. Yeah. And then what do you do with it? You speak about and, and it. And Jeremiah, the same thing. His word was in mine heart as a yes. burning fire. Yes, I, I, I was weary with forbearing. I could not stay. I had to speak. Amen. And the Lord is with me, he said in, the, in verse third. I love uh, that 11. verse. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. And, uh, on that note, I have to say that, you know, back when I got saved, I grew up in, in a church and I went to church almost every week. You know, I, I uh, was part of a private school when I was in grade school mm-hmm. and it was a religious private school. And so I had been through all that stuff. And yet it was when I heard that verse that Teresa had talked about last week, 1 John five thirteen, that that verse gives assurance that we can know that we're saved, that it's a done deal. And 1 John 5.13 says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may 
know that you have everlasting life. Not hope or pray or assume. No, you know that you have everlasting life. And that, to me, burned in my heart like this is talking about because I'm like, okay, I don't have to wonder anymore. Yes. I don't have to hope anymore. It's now the blessed hope of knowing for yeah. sure. And, and you use that word know in verse 31. Their eyes were opened and they knew him. Knew him. These things are written that I may know uh, what kind of certainty? No, uh, as much as you know or don't know if you're married. Yeah, you know if you're married. Yeah, I mean you you are in a ceremony. You 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 know that you know that you know. You're not wondering. You don't hope. You don't think. <laughs> you know that you know if you're married. And if you're not married, I know I'm not married. And if I'm saved, I know I'm saved Amen. as well as I know I'm married. Amen. And if I'm not saved. I don't know. I, don't, I remember. I don't know that I'm saying yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. And I remember yeah. speaking that when I first, when my eyes were opened and uh, I remember saying that specifically, I know that I know that I know. <laughs> and I was like, all of a sudden one day I'm just walking around doing something, working. I'm like, there's heaven. I, it came right out of my mouth. I'm like, oh, that's right. There's heaven. And yeah. their and eyes I said it out loud. Yes, opened, and their and eyes they were knew open. Your eyes were open, and you knew. Absolutely. I knew that I'm heaven bound. Amen. And when you're heaven bound and you look back in the Psalms just for a moment, just six <clears throat> little verses that the whole world has heard this, or at least Americans have heard this. Yeah, go ahead. Psalm 23. I knew you were going right? to say Psalm 23. Yep. In Psalm 23, this is David. He's writing, he says, The Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd, it's personal, Amen. right? And I know that he's mine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he says, I shall not want. So he's got comfort there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Boy, isn't that comfort, yep. right? <laughs> he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yep. Now we hear these at, we hear this at funerals all the time. Right. But once you know that you're saved because the Bible, the scriptures tell you that Jesus is offering the gift of eternal life, all you have to do is receive it, sure. right? By asking for it, then this psalm becomes different. It's night and day. Yeah. Psalm 23 <laughs> or the song Amazing Grace, completely yes. different. Yes. Another yes. one that's uh, different is uh, uh, Hark the Herald. Yes. That was the first one yeah. for me. Hark the Herald. <laughs> I started singing the words and I just, I've been singing this song my whole life yeah. in a trite way, just singing but, with people. But the words are amazing. But the words meant nothing to me and all of a sudden reconciled. Wow. And these words jumping out at me and well, go they, ahead. Yeah. Hark the Herald, angels sing glory Ooh. to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners, sinners. reconciled. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I didn't, all of a sudden, what a difference. <laughs> <laughs> Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, born to raise the sons of earth, born, born to, to give, give them, them the second, second birth. birth. Yeah, it's <laughs> Nothing to be before. Yeah. Amen. That means born again. <laughs> Amen. Second Amen. birth. That's right. And, and back to Psalm 23 <clears throat> in verse four, he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, it's just, just a, a shadow. shadow of death. Yes. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And he ends it like this. 
and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Okay. Now, so he knows. <laughs> David knows for sure. Yes. And he knew. And so sometimes when people tell me, well, you can't really know for sure. I've had lots of people tell me on so the street. So many. There's no way you can know for sure. I, I'm like, David knew for sure. He says it right there in Psalm 23. Yep. But this world today is very confused on that. And old songs, like you just picked out a song, there's old songs that they have changed from having the blessed assurance to just hoping. Okay. We hope. Um, um, there was an old song that's, uh, Oh, when the saints go marching, go marching in. in, yes. Oh, when the saints go marching in. So the way they sing that today, modern day is, Oh Lord, I hope I'll be in that number. Oh, oh when the saints come marching in. But when that song was first written many years ago, yes. when people were reading the old book, the old King James Bible, yep. the song was different. They said, Oh Lord, I know. I'll be in that number sure. oh, when the saints come marching in. And that's just one example, but they've changed a lot of stuff. Well, they, they wrote it based on the Bible. Paul was writing in the epistle to the Corinthians, and he says, Paul, uh, called to be an apostle, uh, by the will of God, writing to the church of God, which is in Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so a, a true saint is someone who's given their heart to Jesus Christ, calls Jesus Christ their Lord. That's someone that's been set apart in God's eyes. And it's one of the number of the saints. And they know they're going to be in that number. Amen. There's no doubt the saints are going in there. Amen. Uh, Paul wrote later on to those uh, saints in another little church. Over here in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and I believe that, Amen. and all the saints believe that, Amen. they're like Cleopas and his friend, they've heard the scriptures, they know that uh, Christ suffered for them, they know that he died for them, well then, even so, them also, which sleep in Jesus, if they go to sleep, close their eyes in the shadow of death sleep yes you know in jesus will god bring with him the lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the trump of god and the dead in christ shall rise first they'll be resurrected and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the lord in the air so shall we ever be with the lord Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. These things are written that we may know. Amen. Yes. I have no doubt about what's written in the book. Right. Jesus it, opened the scriptures to me. Praise the Lord. Just Amen. like he did to Cleopas. Amen. What, by the way, will he do it for a listener today if there's someone out there? All they have to do is ask. The Bible says to ask. And I think it's Matthew chapter 7 where yep. he, he gives that little acronym of A-S-K. And he yeah. says, uh, ask and you shall receive, seek, and you shall find, knock, and it shall be opened That's unto right. you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. Everyone that seeketh, findeth. And everyone that knocketh, it shall be opened unto There's him. There's a promise of God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And, and you know. So simple. You know what you ought to, you know what you ought he to ask? He will draw near. He will. Yeah, just yeah. like the story. <laughs> Amen. Yes. And, Amen. and I think what you ought to ask is like in, here in First John, I'm looking in First John chapter 1, it says, uh, it says, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Right. And it says, and if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. Right. Well, you might say, well, I didn't really think I was that bad of a person. 
Well, if I read on, it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So everybody just has to admit that you're a sinner and, and get right with God. That's just right. Just ask him and for forgiveness. Back in verse 15, they communed together and reasoned. And I kept thinking, as soon as I saw the word reasoned, I went back to Isaiah 118. Come now and let us reason together. God wants to reason with you. Say it, the Lord. Come now and let us reason together. Say it, the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So the key to the story, looking at what you just said in Isaiah, and that's God speaking. Yes. And God is saying to the listener, reason. come, let us reason, reason together. together. When they began on this journey, the two of them were sad because they were not reasoning with God. They were just reasoning with together. themselves. Yes. Yeah, very and, interesting. And so you, we've got to let, and that's why Jesus came to see if they would let him into the discussion. That's all he wants today. Amen. God wants to, he's knocking at your, the door of your heart. Will you let him in and reason with him? Yes. Amen. In verse 19, it goes on. It says, if ye be willing, if ye be willing yeah. and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Amen. That's beautiful. So that's the key. It's the will. His promises yes. are amazing. What will you do? Yeah. What in will fact, you do at the with very, Jesus? At, at the very end of the Bible, he says, whosoever will may come. Freely. It's the, yeah, it's freely. The freely. What Amen. a deal. Freely. Yeah. That's right. Free. And, and he doesn't pass the plate. He doesn't pass the plate. How do you yeah. like that? And, and you know, these, these two these two, I don't know if they're even two men, but the two of them that are on the road to Emmaus, like you mentioned, they talked together, right? And then they communed together and they reasoned. And you may have talked to a friend, you know, someone out there. So if, you're, if you've talked to a friend about God and, you know, heaven and hell and different things like that, you may have even reasoned together with a friend. A and, lot of guys and, and uh, have had those midnight rap sessions just sitting around talking about God. I remember... Uh, a bunch of musicians that I was working with years ago, we had to go to Toronto to get some equipment. And on the way up there, we're just back and forth talking about eternity and life. And but yeah. we didn't get anywhere yeah. because we didn't invite God or the scriptures into the discussion. Well, that's the key. Like yeah. you said earlier, the key is the scriptures. And once you get into the scriptures and you start seeing how all of these books, 66 books in here, they all point as a key to Jesus and right. all the prophecies prove that it has to be written by an eternal God that's outside of time over, all, over this whole book, then you start to understand and your eyes start to get open. Sure. Yeah. In fact, on that note, I was, uh, this was something that uh, Pastor Ruckman had put together one time, but since everything points to Jesus in the Bible, like yes. we've been talking about, he says, the Bible says in Revelation twenty-two thirteen, Jesus says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. Okay. okay? So Alpha is the beginning. Yep. Omega is the ending, right? Those were the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet he was Correct. speaking in. Yeah. Okay. And, and so if he is the beginning and the ending, yeah. what would happen if you took a look at the very first verse in the Bible, that would be Genesis 1, 1. Yes. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. I'm sorry. That's John 1. No. In Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning, God, God. created the heavens and the earth. Yep. Heaven and right? okay. Heaven yeah. and the earth. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And then in Revelation 22, 21, that's the last verse at the end of the Bible. That one I don't know by heart. Let me see. 22, 21. The Bible says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. 
Amen. Isn't that a nice ending to the book? Very nice. Perfect. A very graceful ending, right? <laughs> Perfect. That's interesting. The first verse had the word God. Yes. The last verse has Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Kind of this story trying to tell us God is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Curious. Amen. Okay. So if you take a look at uh, the, the, the details in the wording from the first verse in the Bible and the last verse in the Bible, on, in Genesis 1.1, I'm looking at words, letters, vowels, and consonants. In English. In English. Good. In a King James Bible. Got it. So in Genesis 1-1, there are 10 words, 44 letters, 7 vowels, and 27 consonants. Okay. That's the first verse. 17 vowels, I think, yeah. 17 vowels. vowels. And then the very last verse in the Bible, uh, Revelation 22-21, has 12 words, 44 letters, 17 vowels and 27 consonants. If you add those together, it's a total of 22 words, 88 letters, 34 vowels, and 54 consonants. Yeah. Now, because God is very mathematical, yes, and because the whole book points to Him, right? One point where we really see a clear definition of him is 1 John 5, 7. That's the key verse. It's yes. a very key verse. It's the Godhead. It's the Trinity. Yep. Yep. And in a King James Bible, it's unchanged. And the 1 John yep. 5, 7 says that there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Yep. And if you take that one single verse, 1 John 5, 7, Yep. And you compare it to the two combined beginning the, the and end, the Alpha and Omega and verses. The two combined have 22 words. 1 John 5, 7 has 22 words. The two combined have 88 letters. 1 John 5, 7 has 88 letters. <laughs> the two first and last combined have 34 vowels. 1 John 5, 7 has 34 vowels. And the two combined have 54 consonants. 1 John 5, 7 has 54 consonants. He is the Alpha and the Omega. This whole book is about him. And you can get to know him and get comforted by him and get established by him and get saved by him if you'll just come into this book and read about him. The word of a king. The King James Bible tells about the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. There's power. And there is the truth. And until we're with you next week, grab a King James Bible, search the scriptures, and you'll know what is truth. Amen. You've been listening to What is Truth? the radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Listen every weekend at this time for What is Truth? Only on WECK.